All right, welcome back to Inside Flicks. This is our weekly discussion podcast where we talk about some of the recent movie and television news. I'm your host, Mike, and I'm here with my two brothers, Richard and Raymond. In this episode, we're going to be talking about some of the recent movie news and also give our thoughts on some of the things that we saw this past week. Uh, me and Rich actually saw The Batman. We'll give a real quick review of it. It's a, a currently playing on HBO Max. Uh, Raymond's seen this movie uh, in theaters, so like a month ago. You already give us your opinion of the movie. You really loved it. But let's get into some of the uh, recent news. Uh, Raymond, you have uh, uh, some breaking news. What is it? Breaking. <laughs> well, it's some recent news. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, well, we just got the announcement today from Criterion of the June releases uh, for you know to the uh, to the Criterion Collection, including a couple of um, 4K releases, and uh, we're going to be getting um, uh, quite honestly my favorite Martin Scorsese movie to the collection, uh, Raging Bull in 4K. Oh wow! And, cool. Uh, yeah, I mean, very, very fantastic, right? And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm personally, I, I, well, I think all three of us are probably, you know, looking forward to that. And uh, we're also getting a 4K um, restoration, a 4K Blu-ray of, uh, this one kind of rubs me the wrong way, not because of the movie, but it rubs me the wrong way because I just bought the Blu-ray <laughs> during, the, during the last Criterion sale and I, I haven't even gotten a chance to watch it. And it's like, now they just announced a 4K. It's like, God damn it. It's <laughs> been... But we're getting us uh, uh, Sofia Coppola's uh, the Virgin Suicides in uh, oh, 4K. Wow, cool! Yeah, and um, we're we're also getting uh, a movie that I have. I'm <laughs> embarrassing to admit, but I have not seen yet. I know you two have, but uh, we're getting uh, Ryusuke Hamaguchi's Drive My Car, which you know <laughs> just it's playing right now on uh, HBO Max. But yeah, we're gonna get be getting that in the Criterion Collection. And that's Another, not that's not in 4K. No, uh, oh, wow. another an, another streamer that we're getting uh, and added to the Criterion Collection is uh, Netflix film uh, Okja, and we're getting the 4K uh, presentation of that. And uh, we're also going to be getting um, a, a Denzel Washington film that I, I haven't seen, uh, Devil in the Blue Dress in 4K. Oh, okay. And uh, the the la the last film uh, is uh, David Lean's Summertime. Oh. Um, haven't seen that movie. Yeah, it's, but I, I think oh, this is a pretty pretty solid list of films. And I I mean, uh, I yeah I haven't I haven't I, I'm not familiar with uh, David Lean's Summertime, but I mean uh, the others. I mean, I, I'm definitely really excited to uh, be adding to my collection. And uh, yeah, it's, well, I'll start with uh, Raging Bull. I mean, I think this is considered one of Scorsese's classic films, and you know, and probably one of. Um, uh, Robert De Niro's best performances and really yeah. it, when you think about it he was the first one who made it very popular to gain weight and lose weight for a film <laughs> for a film role and really kind the of the original Christian Bale <laughs> yes it's all started with Raging Bull and, and you know it's a boxing movie and it's a biopic but it's one of those great kind of films where it goes into the psychological uh, identity of, of, of this really kind of self-destructive person and uh, Scorsese, this is one of Scorsese's uh, best films. Although, you know, like I, for me, Goodfellas, it's always been my favorite movie of all time. But Raging Bull, is, uh, it's up there. You know, it's just one of those mm -hmm. great kind of, it feels it, it, it feels very European in a way. Very, it, mm -hmm. it's probably one of his kind of, uh, kind of inspired by some of those neo-real, Italian neo-realism type That's of films. That's why... That's why I love the movie so much because when I watched Raging Bull, I wasn't really familiar with that type of cinema, and I think uh, why um, why I don't feel I mean I love Goodfellas is I think one of my favorite films of all time, but I think the reason why I don't have that quite effect that you do with it is because I saw you guys showed me Goodfellas when I was like seven years old or something like that. <laughs> I don't know if it was that. So little I was like early. I, think I was I was I was probably like like I think a little way too young to quite appreciate it. So like when I was at that perfect age to watch the film, it was kind of. Um, spoiled in many ways and raging bull though that was kind of all new territory for me and i was at i think a perfect age for that film i think i was 17 years old and mm. and yeah and i was i was getting into cinema and yeah that movie really really uh just blew me away because it also it felt like a movie that kind of took place from the era it took it took uh it was taking place in like it felt like a movie from from its era from the time yeah, from that yeah. time and and i had never quite seen a movie do that really and uh yeah it's, it 
it's it's a it's a really uh, unique film and it's it's also pretty experimental i mean uh, scorsese i think uh, is using some pretty unique techniques throughout the movie especially during the boxing sequences yeah exactly i mean he he, he it came in a point in his career where he was on a very low I think he was even depressed. He was doing drugs, I think, at the time. Mm. Uh, the, the film prior to that was New York, New York, which, which uh, was a complete box office bomb for him and a critic bomb for him. Uh, and so he was... Wasn't that an anthology film? No, you're thinking of uh, New York stories, but... Uh, the, oh, okay, okay. The, his musical. And oh. uh, the, the Raging Bull came out at the perfect time because it really kind of reintroduced him to cinema really uh, cemented his uh place in c cinema history because he was such a you know he, he, i think he still is one of the greatest american filmmakers rich what's your what's your thoughts on, on Ra raging bull i haven't seen it in a long time i don't think i haven't seen it since uh laser disc so but i um from yeah it's one of those films that you don't forget i mean it's mm -hmm. it's, it's black and white <laughs> it's, it's definitely black and white uh, it's one of those only films that pop up in your mind oh oh that's oh yeah that's black and white <laughs> that, that's, raging, that's raging bull <laughs> so yeah that, that's but, raging but, bull. but speak about robert de niro's performance in that yeah yeah whenever i remember his scenes in black and white <laughs> it, was <ra> <laughs> it was raging bulls <laughs> yeah him and his brother uh, uh joe uh, pesci joe pesci yeah yeah so but yeah, um, I haven't seen it in such a long time. I remember Kathy Moriarty was um, uh, great. She was fantastic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it's the pool scene, right? Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah like like a fantastic character study of a really, um, you know, a, a man who's very animalistic in in, in 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 the way he presents himself. You know, he's a boxer, and he's a, and is particularly at that time in New York and. You know, it's really it's an astonishing movie. Yeah, hopefully uh, Criterion doesn't mess it up like Citizen Kane. <laughs> oh, you mean like well, black I, and white? I, the, the DVD well, print of Citizen Kane. Oh, okay. I think they re uh, they re released it, or they I think they corrected it yeah, by I, now. I, I but yeah, it, yeah, I mean, yeah, I like the, the the whole Blu-ray release thing is it's kind of a mess right now, but let's not talk about it. <laughs> let's not talk about it. Well, let's talk about Virgin Suicides, which is, yeah. this is the one that I really enjoyed too. This is Sofia Coppola's feature film debut. Debut film? Yeah. 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 This was her feature film debut. And what a really astonishing feature film debut. Confident filmmaker and really, it, it, you know, took, I, I didn't grow up in the seventies, but this movie really transported me in that time. You got the great uh, music from, uh, Todd, uh, what's his name? Uh, Todd Rundgren? Yeah, that one song. Oh. oh what's his uh, favorite? What's his most famous song? Hello, It's Me? Hello, It's Me, right. So there was like this really great sequence with that song, Hello, It's Me, where they're playing phone tag with the boys oh, next door. Okay. Yeah. And it's such a beautiful scene because it's uh, it's very innocent and you, you you know, you're transported into this, in this uh, life of these teenagers or even preteen, I guess you could say. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I thought it was one of the better '90s movies that came out that time. Kirsten uh, Dunst. Kirsten Dunst was a, a phenomenal and a very sad movie at the end. <laughs> I mean, yeah. the title gives it away, but it's a very sad movie. Uh, uh, Rich, you you remember it, right? Yeah, I remember a lot more. Um, uh, I think I might have saw it maybe in the 2000s. Um, <laughs> one of the best uh cameos I remember that I go, whatever happened to that guy? And I'm still probably saying it. Uh. Michael Perret, uh, Perret, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, Great. Still say the same thing. <laughs> he, he plays the older, uh, older uh, uh, Josh Hartnett. Yes, yeah, 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 yeah. It was great casting. <laughs> but then, you know, James Woods is fantastic. Although you know, and, and nowadays he's not. He's, he's kind of uh, <laughs> a pariah now. But uh, great casting: James Woods and Kathleen Turner. They're the parents. And it has this kind of magical realism feeling to the movie that you don't get a lot nowadays. It's like there's something very magical about that movie, yet very dark and very grim. It has this kind of light, uh, you know, stylistically, it has this kind mm -hmm. of a sea breeze uh, feeling to it. And yeah, you know, the, the score is also one of the great scores of the 90s uh, with Air, the French, I believe they're French or maybe French Canadian. No, French, yeah, they're French. Uh, um, you know, a band uh, that had a really great score. Yeah, I mean, Raymond, you, so, well, you saw this movie, right? 
No, I, like like I uh, mentioned, I I, re- I no, recently picked it up and I hadn't oh. I hadn't gotten a chance to watch it, but it was it frustrated me because, you know, I just picked it up like a, a, a feels like a couple weeks ago, and now they just announced the 4K. <laughs> Yeah, maybe I will say wait for the 4K because uh, it's such not a- bought it. Though. <laughs> okay, okay. Well, then watch it, watch it, watch it because it's fantastic. It's a really great. I think you will love it. I think you will love it. I'll probably just wait for the 4K though. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, what I but I want, no, I want to talk about uh, Devil in the Blue Dress because this oh, is okay. a movie that I've actually kind of always skipped, and um, to me, seeing it kind of uh, being added to the Criterion Collection makes me think that maybe maybe I shouldn't have skipped this, and uh, and uh, I, w- I want to hear your guys' take on the movie. Like, well, well one of the rare uh, looks at African American life in the 1940s. It's a kind of a I would say it kind of leans into the neo noir detective kind of story, mm-hmm. uh, mystery thriller. Who who's the I think it was about a murder mystery maybe, and 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 um. Uh, Denzel Washington is the detective or a po- uh, private eye. I can't remember. Maybe he's maybe he's just a regular person. I don't remember. I don't really. I don't really rem- much remember the movie. I just remember I did like it. It yeah. had a great performance by by uh, um, Don Cheadle. Yeah, Don Cheadle mm-hmm. was the one. And a lot of pe- a lot of critics were was pointing at his performance that he should have got an Oscar nomination. I'm not sure if he did, but he certainly did. He should have won. Because it was such a great performance and really kind of introduced his work to the world. Because, you know, before that, it was maybe he was in Colors or he was in some, you know, these smaller movies. But this was the one that really kind of made him, made his name for himself. And, um, yeah, I think uh, that's probably the thing I remember the most, Don Cheadle's performance. And, you know, Denzel's always great. Denzel's, you know, one of the best American actors there, there is. So he's always great. And it was uh, directed by Carl Franklin, yeah. Who I think now he does TV, but for in the nineties he did a couple really great crime films. The other one being uh, um, the Bill Paxton film, One False Move. One False Move, which which I remember more fondly. Yeah. But I still I still love uh, Devils in a in a blue dress. But yeah, Rich, what's your what's your feelings about this one? Yeah, um, I I I. I I don't remember it much as yeah. well, but um, uh, I do remember Don Cheadle was a great performance. But I, got, I think I mixed it up with the the Bill Duke film too, uh, Har- Harlem Nights, Eurasian Harlem. Oh yeah, something like yeah. that. Yeah, um, with Forrest Whitaker. But um, those two came came around around the same time. Oh wait, Harlem Nights is uh, Eddie Murphy. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Harlem. Yeah, yeah. Rage of Harlem. Though. So, bo- uh, so both of your both of your guys's memories on this movie is fading a little bit. See, that, that's kind of the reason why I want to talk about this movie because I, I mean, part of the reason why I kind of always skipped it is because, I mean, the movie is is well received, but it's not like, uh, it's not glowing reviews. And for me, this seems kind of like an an odd choice to um add to the Criterion Collection to the 4K Criterion Collection to you know you know one yeah. of the selective choices to add to the collection well it's denzel and i and, I, and no but i'm i mean there's not that many denzel movies in the in the collection right but that's um, what i'm saying i mean uh, but uh, is that why is it's like is this truly like 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 one of his best performances is that what makes the movie uh, no I, I i mean he does give a really great performance but i would say you know the ones we already know like glory or or, or mm-hmm. you know, yeah because that's what i would think of even sure. like the hurricane I, I think hurricane was probably yeah. his, my favorite performance of his but maybe you know maybe the, maybe it's time for me to rewatch it because i wasn't very familiar with the neo-noir tone or, or or the style of that and maybe that's the reason why i don't remember that maybe that's the reason why i don't have fond memories maybe because it, it was such mm. a kind of a weird tone to it but it was based on a very popular book. Uh, well, a uh, big writer. I uh, can't remember his name, but um, it was a big deal. Walter M- Walter Mosley. Walter Mosley, right? And uh, he he has that new miniseries with uh, uh, Sam Jackson right yeah. right now on, on Apple TV. I can't remember, but that that was based on one of his books. But um, the, the thing I remember most of that movie was Don Cheadle. Yeah. Mm. Yeah jennifer beals yeah you know maybe yeah maybe it's time for to maybe rediscover it well yeah i mean i'm definitely going to add the pick up the movie to my add it for to my collection because i've been picking up all the criterion 4k releases uh just because um i mean so far they've been just picking good movies but (laughs) 
but uh, I mean, I, I guess with this month, we got some kind of interesting choices with, you know, um, with uh, Devil in the Blue Dress and Okja. And I guess maybe that uh, maybe we should talk about Okja. I mean, uh, that's a very odd choice. Um, yeah. <laughs> it was announced that this would. It was announced that this was going to be among the Netflix films that was going to be added to the Criterion Collection, along with uh, the Irishman. And the Irishman had already uh, the Irishman and Marriage Story, and both of those had already been released on uh, on Blu-ray and uh, Irishman on 4K. So it makes sense that we're getting this now, but. Marriage Story didn't get 4K, but this one does. <laughs> this well, one uh, does. Oh <laughs> uh, well, Bonjour Ho. Uh, did did uh, true. the host come out in uh, Criterion? No. Well, that's a crime. <laughs> I think this is part of the Netflix deal, right? So this must have oh. been like some kind of deal to, in order to entice like Bong Joon Ho to do his movie to Netflix. They maybe mm-hmm. promise some kind of deal with Criterion, or you know, or they're going to be some kind of release on Criterion. Um. Because normally Netflix don't release their films in on any kind of physical format. Yeah, I think Stranger Things no. first, and yeah. that and House of Cards, but that's only like maybe the first season, and then and they stop. So yeah, there's they they do a couple TV shows, and it's, I think most of their TV show stuff is overseas. Because mm. I know overseas they release like uh like all the seasons of Daredevil and like uh all all of those Netflix Marvel shows, and I know here in the U.S. I think we only got season one of Daredevil. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My personal taste is that this is one of my least favorite Bong Joon Ho's uh, films. Uh, I I didn't really like it. It's, it's, it's not a bad movie, but I it it's, it's Jake. It's Gillen- ruined. It's ruined by some performances. That's why Jake Gyllenhaal. I don't yeah. like it all in this movie. And, and uh, um, um, Tilda. I like Tilda Swinton in the really? movie. Really? Yeah. But uh, Jake, on the other hand, <laughs> I think, I think he, he's in a totally different movie. I think I liked all the stuff with the little girl who's mm-hmm, with, with, with mm-hmm. the super pig, but um, yeah, it's a it's a kind of a mixed bag for me. It's it just to, the tonal shifts or the, just tonally it doesn't work for me. Yeah. Well, they, you know what? Not not every movie in the Criterion Collection is like an, a ten out of ten film. They do have a lot of kind of you know somewhat odd films in the collection, but you know it's because. A lot of times because of the artist, because of the director. So it, it, it makes sense that Okja in many ways will will make it in there because they have been adding all of the Bong Joon-ho films to the collection. So it's, I guess kind of just makes sense. I mean, pretty soon I'm sure they're going to announce the host also to the collection. Please but, do. Um, but I, I guess maybe we should talk about the other streamer, Drive My Car. I, I have not <laughs> seen this film yet, but I know you guys watched it. and. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I mean, we're, they have they had announced that we were going to be getting this and and and, and that they were going to be adding this. Well, but I'm kind of surprised it was so soon, and I'm also surprised that it wasn't in 4K. Yeah, because uh, it it was a beautiful film, a beautiful shot film. It was it was very uh, um, sharp, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. and uh, and there's certain yeah. scenes where I go, "That's a gorgeous, gorgeous shot," mm-hmm. and as we're and we're really just looking at like. A building you know like, like <laughs> yeah, yeah, industrial yeah. buildings and stuff i go that's a beautiful shot and uh but yeah so you were thinking to get a 4k release right oh yeah yeah, yeah. I, I, I don't know how that works maybe because they're just i don't know i just I, I, I don't know how that works but it's it's a i, I guess it deserves a criterion i mean i think that's this is the perfect movie yeah. for that that audience i haven't seen it yet but it it, it seems like the, the movie made for criterion <laughs> Maybe maybe it's too much information to fit in the 4K. Or 4K oh. <laughs> it's on two discs. It's on two discs. <laughs> I would say this: Drive My Car is not a, a, a not a movie that I in, not it's not a movie I love. I I certainly enjoyed some of the parts of it, and I certainly understand what they were trying to do. But I think I think if I had to <laughs> if I had to recommend something recently for, that comes from Japan or. Or, or at least part of a Jap- Japanese production, it's Tokyo Vice on HBO. <laughs> oh, oh, I haven't a, watched that yet. It's a you know, look, I know uh, uh, um, uh, Ansel and Algort, whatever his name is, controversial, very controversial uh, guy. And I, you know, Ansel, I, I still don't know why. I mean, you know, there's so. uh, yeah, there's a whole st- you know. There, <laughs> underage we're not getting into that. yeah there's a there's an allegation uh, we're not getting into that <laughs> but ansel elgart it's i'll say this about ansel elgart he hasn't he has he's a guy who never impressed me i didn't like baby driver 
I certainly didn't like him in, in um, uh, West Side Story. West Side Story. <laughs> I didn't like that movie at all. Uh, but Ansel Elgort's like a guy who I couldn't really care less. But I was impressed by his performance in this this series. Uh, it's a it's a he works well with Ken Watanabe, and it's I think it's a really interesting look at Tokyo, the life of Tokyo. That's cool. And I, that's he, cool. I'm 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 looking forward to watching the series now. Let's get back to the Criterion talk. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Because on 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 um on uh. But let me just well, say this. Let me just say this. Because I got to know Japanese culture a little bit through Tokyo Vice, it made me appreciate Drive My Car a little bit better. Because the problem with I had with Drive My Car was I couldn't relate to the characters, and I and, and now I kind of understand why there's you know that that kind of isolationist you know feeling where you you get from the characters. That the, the Tokyo Vice really introduced me to a, the Japanese culture a little bit better and why people act mm. that way. And Drive My Car. It made me, like I said, it made me appreciate Drive My Car. and um, But I still think it's a long movie. It's three hour kind of a long movie about people just driving in a car. Mm-hmm. So I think there's uh, maybe too much of that. And, but, you have to uh, be in the right mood for it. Yeah. I mean, that's, and that's quite, really, that's really the reason why I haven't watched it yet. You have to be in a very specific mood to watch that type of movie. Yeah, it's it's definitely a discipline. There's a discipline to the, to the, mm-hmm. to the acting and, and to the direction. You want to talk about mm-hmm. Summertime? Uh, I don't have anything to say. Um, you, I, I, you know, to be to be honest, I don't know. I never really heard of, heard of this movie. And according to Wikipedia, it says it's a techno color romance film with uh, Catherine Hepburn. Yeah, uh, and it looks pretty cool. I mean, David Lean. I, I, I hate to say this, but I haven't even seen Lawrence of Arabia yet, or mm. Doctor Shivago. And uh, so uh, there's like there's you've seen, you've seen a br- bridge on on the river Kwai, right? You know I haven't seen that either. There's huge. There's yeah. some. I have seen. I seen a uh, great expectations. I seen Oliver Oliver Twist, but yeah, there's there's certain pockets, big pockets of in my cinematic knowledge that are, is missing, and I have to go back and check those out or fill 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 those holes in. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh, but uh, yeah, so maybe this is a good time to maybe go into David, you know, David, watch some David Lean movies or watch Sunshine instead. <laughs> what? <laughs> I, I'm so confused by that. He's been summertime. he's been Rich been uh, complaining about I should watch Summertime for the last no ten, Sunshine or Sunshine for the last t- 15 years. Yes, <laughs> I've seen Sunshine. It's, it's decent. But for some reason, he won't. I will eventually. You haven't no. you haven't seen Sunshine? No, I haven't seen Sunshine. I think you like it. Yeah, maybe. I'm a Danny Boyle fan, and I'm, I'm, I can't wait for uh, Pistol, the FX uh, series about yeah. Sex Pistols. Uh, all right. So that's those are the films that are coming out on Criterion. Let's get into some uh, recent news. Um, I mean, maybe that's it. <laughs> <laughs> some recent news thor thor trailer thor trailer all right let's see, let's get some recent news uh thor trailer L- love and thor love and thunder first teaser trailer has come out this week and yep. it's, it's a big deal people love it. it it made everyone smile and what's your thoughts yeah it, it did exactly what it was supposed to do it tickled my fancy <laughs> that's a positive right (laughs) yeah it's a positive for him not for me it's scary did you did you like the the teaser raymond uh yeah and actually i i think i kind of speak for the three of us when i say that um i've been growing a little tired of the kind of mcu humor and uh, really, I've been growing tired of the MCU humor for a while. Mm-hmm. But uh, Thor Ragnarok, when that movie came out, I mean, Taika Waititi's humor and personality just really shined through. And that movie, to me, was just like consistently funny and just made me just kind of uh, hopeful for for the MCU again. And and it was a bit of an uptick after for a while, and then it kind of started to be a bit of a, a downhill. And um, it's been a downhill for me lately because the humor again just has not been working. And seeing this trailer really took me back to that Ragnarok vibes, to that Ragnarok feel. And uh, it just made me miss Taika Waititi and the MCU so much. I mean, this is the guy that can really kind of handle the uh, the MCU formula and still make it work and feel fresh. Yeah. I think you make a great point about the comedy. 
I think Marvel particularly have a problem with their, I particularly have a problem with their comedy. You know, this recent Moon Knight series, I just don't like the comedy in that series. It just, it, 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 it tunes me out. I, I, I get thrown out and I can't, I really don't like that series. The first episode handled it better. But it's, a, it's not as bad, as blatantly bad as like the comedy in uh, the last Spider-Man film. I mean, it's like yeah. last like half minute um, rewritten kind of comedy and stuff this like is that. These throwaway one-liners that don't really work, well, at least in my opinion, don't work. I mean, I'm sure a lot of kids but, will love it. But but um, but Taika Waititi, he still has that in, in Ragnarok, but he makes it work. You know what yeah, I mean? Because it yeah. feels like the type of jokes that he would have still put in his movies regardless. You know, like if he were just, if he were just making like his own movie. And I think that's I think that's why I mean like he, he they actually well, it, he, it, his jokes actually make you giggle. I mean it's it's there's a difference. And yeah. there's I think also some real kind of character, um, like there's some character development also through the humor. Like it, it's all coming from a certain place. Yeah, it feels genuine, and it feels like it's uh, part of the character's behavior or, or yeah. attitudes. And, and unlike the recent Spider-Man film where like um, John Favreau's character, um, Happy Hogan, feels like a completely like almost like a reboot of what we had seen prior. And you can say that about almost literally every character in the supporting cast. And I hate to say it, but I think you can kind of say that about the Spider-Man <laughs> as well. They, they don't really quite feel like the versions from from their movies. They feel more like this kind of MCU jokey mm-hmm. uh, formula version. Yeah, it's, uh, the humor in those movies and also in the recent kind of Marvel project, all the jokes feel forced, and that's the main problem. Yeah, not, not so in this trailer. I think that I had a really good good time, and mm-hmm. I had a really good uh, laugh at, at, the, at, the, at the teaser, and mm-hmm. I, it made me actually f- – it made me think that this is going to be a really fun time. And worth yeah, the wait. and this is just a teaser, just yeah. a ninety-second teaser, man. And oh man, how much did it make me miss like the the chemistry between Kem- uh, Chris Hemsworth and Chris Pratt? I mean, these two together. Yeah, <laughs> just, yeah. I mean, I bet it. I bet they're they're really just showing us in the teaser like the first twenty minutes of the movie. It feels like they're just showing the first act, right? But uh, yeah, it, 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 I, I'm excited for the movie. I'm not super crazy about this whole kind of like Noah's Ark type of this. They're on this ark, mm-hmm. and it looks like we're gonna get a little bit of a, a swashbuckling vibe. There, like I got a little Pirates of the Caribbean or, mm-hmm. or Jungle Cruise vibe from that. Oh yeah, <laughs> but, or, regard, or like but uh, regard, uh, Ty, Taika Waititi's new uh, pirate series on uh, what was it? What, 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 what <laughs> FX Night. Yeah. No, HBO Max. Uh, but, HBO Max. Okay. Yeah, but um, but regardless, it, it still feels like it's going to be funny, even if, if even if it does get a little too Disney fied and not, it doesn't feel like a hundred percent like Taika, like Ragnarok. Even if it, even if we only get seventy percent Taika, it, it still feels, mm. still feels right. It feels more, much more appropriate than what we've getting lately, uh, at least humor wise. Yeah. From the MCU. Rich, what's your favorite moment in the in the teaser? Well, well, once I heard the the. <laughs> Uh, the music um i was hooked <laughs> because it because it, it, it brought me exactly right back to ragnarok the beginning of ragnarok but hitting hearing led zeppelin and then then hearing um um guns and roses, roses it was like it was like boom i'm i'm back again so i was in for the ride was this right after that was this your favorite guns and roses uh needle drop i would say so uh, and his, the, his, the the last one I remember is probably uh, lean on me, uh, lean on me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's the, yeah, one of the great kind of moments where it goes, it fades from the nice pristine school, and it fades into like a really horrible. <laughs> Welcome to the jungle, <laughs> horrible baby. school. But yeah, everyone's like bashing them, uh, bashing everyone's in, face in in the locker. Oh uh, yeah, welcome it's, to the uh, jungle. S- s- Step Brothers doesn't count, right? Because that's the acapella version. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Raymond, what's your favorite moment in the teaser? Um, I, I I love there there are a lot, but I mean I love uh, early in the trailer when we get the kind of mon. Well, it seems like we're gonna get a, a weight loss montage, mm-hmm. and um, I, I it, it just it just looks so ridiculously fun. Him training with that uh, with that what, the the skeleton of this like dead creature or whatever, like it just. It, it looks ridiculous. And he's wearing a, a trucker hat that I think says like uh, strongest Avenger or something yeah. like that as a callback to Ragnarok. Yeah. It looks fun. Yeah. My favorite moment is, uh, and I, I'm, I'm surprised that this was my favorite moment, but it, ha- it has to be uh, the reveal of Natalie Portman as yeah. uh, Jane oh. Foster. Yeah. And I love that costume. And, yeah. I, and she got the deltoids, man. She's like buff mm. and shit. 
I'm like, fuck, yeah, man. Yeah, that surprised me. <laughs> I go, yeah, man. Because like when I heard that she was going to be the new Thor, I'm like, oh, does that, do we have to do this? I mean, uh, Chris, <laughs> Chris Hemsworth was Thor. We don't need a, another Thor. But seeing that costume, seeing the way she holds the, the, the hammer and the deltoids, I'm like, oh, shit, that's an awesome fucking, <laughs> that, that's an awesome uh, shot right there. That's a hero shot, right? Yeah. And I was yeah. surprised. I was like, oh, man, this is going to be fun, dude. Yeah, I was totally <laughs> expecting like a, once once she was announced to be the next Thor or whatever, uh, I was totally expecting. Oh, here we go, another Brie Larson. Oh, yeah, let me work out no, kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> let me do some kind of sit ups. Yeah, <laughs> but I mean, uh, and I knew she was going to be good because I she kind of plays a, a similar character in in uh, uh, the uh, what was it. Uh, 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 Danny McBride uh, movie. Uh, oh, Your Highness. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's almost kind of the same thing, you know. She, I, I look. I, I, I know a lot of people hate Your Your, your Highness. I really enjoyed that movie because it, it does. <laughs> You're crazy. <laughs> it well, it really does make me feel about like kind of that '80s fantasy, medieval it's fantasy. nostalgic. For yeah, you. <laughs> yeah. And I thought she was like, and I thought Natalie Portman's character in that movie was the best thing about it. And she was cool. It takes you back to watching movies like Beastmaster, Beastmaster, uh, uh, Dragon Slayer, uh, uh, you know, Crawl. Yeah, all of that mixed with the sensibilities of Eastbound and Down. <laughs> <laughs> and you really got uh, Natalie Portman's uh, uh, like a funny uh, performance, a very comedic performance. And I didn't know she had that in her, but I, I think she she's a great addition into into in this Thor film. And I think she's going to rock it. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, and uh, and now that we're on on the topic of uh, Jane Foster Thor, I mean, we have I, I, we have to talk really quick. Do you guys think this is a multiverse version of her, or is this like the Jane Foster from the the prior Thor films? Yeah, I think he he lands into a whole different uh, Earth or whatever multiverse Earth or whatever wherever. She's I think from. he's gonna I think he's gonna be traveling to multiple worlds, but it's just a guess on my part. Um, because there's different uh, Earths, right, in the Thor universe too. I mean, there's Earth One, Earth Two, or whatever. I'm, I'm, yeah. Well, yeah. who knows? Who knows? Yeah. But no, that's kind of how he explained it in the first Thor movie, right? When he drew, drew that map for Jane. Mm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. that's true. I, I forget it was Earth Four Fourteen or something like that. I forget. I don't remember. remember. Yeah. Well, my feelings is that uh, it might not be because if if it seems like he's going to quit his you know he says i'm i'm done with my superheroine days and it seems like when he quits that he's going to lose that you know the hammer the you know because he loses his powers in this essentially right he's going to relinquish his title of thor when he says that mm -hmm. and i think that has the title has to go to somebody and I think Jane Foster is the next one in line because it's really, you know, it's only it's someone who has a great heart. Right. It's, that's the whole requirement, the whole requirement of it. Mm -hmm. You have to be someone good of heart to hold, uh, you know, hold the Thor hammer. And I, I think that worthy. Yeah. It, it could, I mean, it could be a, 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 a different Jane Foster, but I think it could be our Jane Foster. Mm, I don't know. We'll find out. We'll find out. Do you think they're going to be sticking to the to the cancer storyline, like in the comics with Jane Foster? having cancer I, that's, battling cancer maybe i mean maybe I, morbid. I, I but i like that so much it's i it, i think it's a it's it's i think what makes the character special mm -hmm. but they use that for the thor too right she was or the guardians or yeah but i mean this is different right because it's like a main character if if we no. do if we do get that storyline, it'll probably be told through flashback or through a montage sequence. See, I I I personally would love it if uh, if this is a multiverse version of Jane, and and through this like multiverse or whatever, uh, Thor uh, Thor run, wants to like re uh, rekindle his relationship with Jane Foster, and when he does rekindle with her, he finds out that she's also battling cancer, but she had she doesn't have the hammer you know she's she's mm. she's still she's actually just battling it mm -hmm. and uh i and i think that would just i, th I think that would be just uh so emotional <laughs> i want to see that <laughs> well that's in the comic book right that's how the they they dealt that stuff in the com comic book and isn't that the same storyline was it, was that it was multiverse for too? well not, not huh? multiverse but what was that rich isn't that basically the same storyline for she, she hulk <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm, I'm not familiar with she hulk at all 
It was Bruce Wayne's, uh, I mean, Bruce Banner's uh, cousin? Uh, cousin dying yeah. of cancer or something like that. Is yeah. she dying of cancer? Or something, yeah. Uh, and, uh, and it needs a blood transfusion? Yeah. And, Interesting. Hmm. Well, I, 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 yeah, it's a, it's a common trope, comic book trope, story trope. I mean, it, it happens in movies, too. Um, yeah, who knows? I think I, but if we do see it, I, I got the feeling that it would be told through flashback or, uh, all right. Uh, well, speaking of Spider-Man No Way Home, Rich, you, you enjoyed that movie, right? Sure. For what it was. Yeah. Would you be able to sit through that movie multiple times? Eh. <laughs> like uh, how multiple 292 <laughs> times no no no. well <laughs> there's a guy who bro- broke the guinness world record uh uh for watching this um uh, watching a marvel movie and it, it's it's 292 times he watched the movie in theaters oh it, i don't know how they did it but it, it seems like he went multiple days right and it the, the whole idea is like he had to watch it multiple times well, no bathroom breaks. What? So he previously had the record before. He re- he watched Avengers Endgame, Endgame 191 times. Then someone in somewhere else in the part of the world watched a different movie, Camelot First Installment. I, I don't know what that is. That's probably some kind of... Um, International film. Oh, it's a French film. So that was a French language film. And that, that person saw it 204 times. So this guy came back. His name is Ramiro Lalanis from Florida. Of course, Florida. <laughs> so anyway, so to reclaim his title, he went he went to the theaters 292 times to watch Spider-Man No Way Home. He estimates that he spent around 3,400 on movie tickets to get get this title back. Uh what's your thoughts on that? Uh, <laughs> uh, how many times did he go see Eternals? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. He probably made it like you know, uh, he had to give up after two because you're not allowed to sleep through it through the show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. it, apparently, this was done through 30 days because he had to endure seven 720 hours. It's, it's like literal torture. <laughs> and the thing is, he has a job. <laughs> I, oh man! I saw Spider Man. I saw Spider Man No Way Home in theaters twice. And I swear, on second viewing, like I wanted to kill myself because <laughs> <laughs> no, I thought I thought on second viewing, I'm like, because I was kind of I liked the movie, but I was a little harsh on it. Like I I think I was like kind of like B B minus with it. Mm-hmm. I was like, I think on second viewing, I'm going to like it more. I'm going to appreciate it more, and uh, I'm I'm going to uh, just have more fun with the movie. And it was quite the opposite. <laughs> <laughs> It was, I was so I was like had a headache halfway through the movie. I was like, oh, I don't even care anymore. Just end. Rich, <laughs> when you re- rewatched Spider Man No Way Home, what was your feelings about the movie? Well, when we first saw it in drive in and then drive ins, uh, we got you know it's the drive ins, just a typical um, you know uh, not crap, the best picture, not the best picture net quality and stuff like that. So when we eventually and when we eventually saw it on VOD and with a much cleaner picture, I, I was impressed with the first time. Yeah, and then. And then I and then and then I stuck to my my feelings, saying that I'll probably rewatch the last twenty minutes, you know, a couple more times. But right. I'm not going to rewatch the the beginning, right? The, yeah, I mean, you the, the, you want to just skip the first hour too, right? Yeah, bring me back to Spider Man because what they did to uh, Happy Hogan, it's just so terrible. And the villains, yeah. That, no, I, I don't know. I like Willem. Dafoe. I don't like the kids. Right. Yeah. But to me, the what Happy Hogan was such a kind of punching bag throughout the whole movie. It just was a disgrace of that character, <laughs> or they disgraced him. Right. Right. He, like every time he shows up, he just the joke, the butt of the joke. And I'm like, man, this is this is this is John Febro. You know. Yeah, I know. This is the guy <laughs> who created Swingers, one of He's my favorite. The guy movies. that basically started the MCU. Yeah, and he ways. directed Iron Man. <laughs> and what the? F- why are they disrespecting him? Like every time he shows up, it's a joke. Or look at you know, like Happy Hogan's is a just a dumbass, and they killed his girlfriend. <laughs> like that's and that's and I think that's the last time we see him in the movie. Like oh, oh or at one point he's he had, they're gonna arrest them or whatever. Uh-huh. You know, like I don't know, man. It's such a uh, what, uh, if you're you a Happy Hogan fan, you can't take Peter. Take happy. Yeah, I know exactly. If you're a happy Hogan fan, you this is your worst nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean that's the MCU for you, man. Mm-hmm. And I, 
but somehow you know Taika Waititi he can like do this humor <laughs> where he'll like he'll like kill off you know the the Thor's best friends and it's like all right I'm okay with it. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about Danny Elfman. He he appeared in Coachella. I still haven't seen that footage. I I need to see that. I mean, I heard. Yeah, about me it, neither. You know. Oh, he rocked it, man. Uh, I'm not a big Coachella guy. I couldn't I couldn't care less. I mean, I I don't know half. He did the, his own Oingo Boingo. He did some Oingo Boingo songs. He did a, a song Everything from I Love Little Girls. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah, I think he stayed. He stayed away from that song. <laughs> <laughs> he buried that song a long time ago. God damn it. <laughs> but he did a song from Nightmare uh, 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 Before Christmas, and he did a song from Pee Wee, or he did the Pee Wee, no, no, the theme song from of Simpsons, or the Simpsons mm. theme song. Mm. So he did like kind of these uh, renditions, these kind of live act, uh, live rock uh do you know? Do you know if he was a, a surprise guest, or was he announced already? I I don't know. I just heard that the people were saying that you know he's in Coachella and he's rocking it out, and uh, mm -hmm. yeah, uh, it's it was pretty cool. Yeah, we're great. He's sixty eight years old. He has no shirt. And he has all these tats, and he's <laughs> he has his guitar. It looks awesome. Yeah. Give this man an Oscar, goddamn it! <laughs> I know. <laughs> All right, I guess that's it. <laughs> you want to really quickly talk about the 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 Warner Brothers? A discovery merger just really quick yeah um i uh, really quick um i i think personally this is promising because to me it seems like um that they're going to kind of basically do what marvel's trying what marvel's been doing what the mcu has been doing but i get the sense um been because trying to do that forever no 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 but i get the sense you know from a specific quote in there that they're still going to give their artists creative freedom uh, one of the reasons I think this is because uh, they, well, well, they're saying they want to continue making movies like Joker and the Batman because uh, you know there's clearly a big box office potential with films like that. But the other thing is that um, the specifically the Kevin Feige that they're hiring isn't going to be a creative kind. He's going to be more of a business oriented guy, which makes me think that they're uh, going to give more creative freedom to the filmmakers, but still while trying to keep everything connected so i think they're more or less going to do what with uh what what walter hamada has been doing but i think they're going to put more emphasis on the bigger characters like batman and superman and not necessarily batgirl and supergirl mm -hmm. you know what i mean yeah yeah and, I, and i'm okay with that because i think um i think walter hamada was under certain mandates like avoid superman avoid batman and and it seems like discovery uh is like nah we we're not gonna avoid batman and superman you're crazy <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah they're the biggest ips they got yeah um but yeah uh they have the batman right now and they'll want to re reboot a different version of a batman and superman i take it i don't know i i person i personally hope that they they end up keeping henry cavill i mean they have a, they have a lot of stuff you know established and i understand you know unfortunately because of the ezra miller situation there might have to be some recastings and stuff like that but i mean you there's a lot that can be salvaged and i think henry cavill i mean uh he we, we don't want to lose him yeah i mean i think he's a perfect superman i don't know about his clark kent but he makes a really yeah. great superman <laughs> yeah. and i think it, it, if they need something to at least be stable or a, a, a you know a, a, something that's a, a character that's stable why not bring back henry cavill because he uh, i think for the most part a lot of the fans love him and love his love to see a real kind of superman uh movie with him and we haven't really got that we only got like the origin and 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 then this batman versus superman thing which was more kind of sharing the screen with batman but um yeah, I mean, I, I hopefully that's that's the case, but uh, but let's talk about Ezra Miller because you know he's back in the news being arrested again in Hawaii. This is after um, his stint be <laughs> before a couple of weeks ago, where and we talked about this on on the podcast. But he again is having troubles. He's going through some issues, and he's obviously he he's he's on some self-destructive mission or, you know, he's, he's, he's going down a very dark path. It's and sad. It's very really sad. sad. Yeah. 
and it seems and, like um, not, I, it seems like the people around him or who knows he has people around him but it's not getting where through. are they that's the that's yeah. the question right it almost seems like he's running away from everybody mm-hmm. it seems like uh i almost get the sense that warner brothers has been trying to reach out for him for a long time and he's just been kind of like underrun mm-hmm. and i personally think that's the real reason why this movie was delayed i think it's because they, they they've been trying to get a hold of him and he's just uh unreliable yeah it seems like i mean even for fantastic beast which just came out um i don't think he even promoted that movie right? not at all yeah. oh no way i mean the warner brothers is keeping as far away from press as, as far as possible no but this seems like it happened very recently and so yeah, all all three <laughs> All three accounts have happened in the last three weeks. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, it seems like he was already having issues and I'm sure they wanted him to do some promotion and they, he probably said, I'm going to escape to Hawaii. Well, he probably has an apartment there or whatever, but um, maybe, yeah. But I, I, I know well, he's been staying with random people. <laughs> yeah, I oh, know. that's true. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think he's he's on the run, or it feels like he's on the run. Uh, he's on the run from Hollywood. They're like trying to get him to promote oh, Fantastic okay. Beast. Yeah, I think so. I think this all started with the Fantastic Beast uh, promotional you think so? tour. Well, Maybe. I think he he well he certainly didn't want to promote them. Well, movie. this all happened Oscar night, the night that he won his. Um, <laughs> His uh, fan fan favorite cheer moment or whatever. <laughs> yeah, I know. It all started with that. Do you think maybe at the bar people were making fun of his Oscar <laughs> finish? That's what set him off? Uh, I don't know. I hope not. But we should also mention, though, that this that this isn't this didn't really happen Oscar night. I mean, he did this also again a year ago. Oh, right, unfortunately. Right, right. Yeah, he yeah, had the I video mean, that came out during the pandemic. He was in one of the only bars that was open during the pandemic and he, and he uh in iceland right yeah and he ended up uh kind of uh pushing a woman down choking her a little bit and uh it made all the rounds but um then he Warner was just ignored it just they just swept it under the rug and but didn't, i don't know he's certainly he's going through some personal issues and i just hope he gets better but Me you too. know it, it, at the flash so he needs to be in rehab like yeah. immediately yeah yeah and stay away from those Hawaiian mimosas. <laughs> Maybe he picked up a rock from a uh, from a volcano and gave him all this bad luck. <laughs> but uh, um, yeah, so this puts the Flash in que- you know the Flash movie in- into question because we don't know. If they're going to push that back further, or maybe they're going to release it. Rich, you came up with the idea that maybe, maybe we should just they should just release it on HBO Max and just kind of cut their losses. But who knows what they're gonna do? Yeah, yeah, it's, it's yeah. He obviously picked up uh, a cursed tiki um, cup. And, <laughs> yeah, like the Brady Bunch. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, a lot. Of, well, there's a lot of bad stuff that happened in Hawaii. I mean, what, what was that guy in uh, um, Hogan's Heroes? Oh, Jesus! <laughs> What's his name? He died in Hawaii. Yeah, under mysterious uh, uh, um, circumstances. Bob Crane. Bob Crane. Yeah. Hawaii is at the don't avoid Hawaii. You want to get away, avoid Hawaii. Hawaii is at the, the greatest place to go. There's a lot more scarier things than a smoke monster there. <laughs> All right, let's talk about some of the things that we watched this past week. Uh uh Raymond, you, you speaking of Fantastic Beasts, you you went to see the the latest film. Tell us about it. Oh, uh, yeah, I mean well, I guess I, I let me like start off. I I was a huge fan of the Harry Potter movies growing up. I was, you know, a child when those movies came out. So, I mean, I really related to those characters growing up. I grew up with them, if you will, and uh, I had a ton of fun with them. But they wouldn't say that it was like one of my favorite franchises because when I watched it as a as a kid, you know, I watched them, and then as the years went by, I watched them one more time, and that was kind of it. Mm-hmm. It's not something I go back to frequently, but. Um, but the Fantastic Beast, uh, when the first one came out, you know, it's, it seemed super exciting, uh, because it was kind of with more, it seemed like it would be a bit more mature and stuff with more adult characters. And I ended up hating that movie. I didn't watch the second one until the night before the third one came out. And I, one of the reasons why I never got around to watching the second one is because it was, you know, critics hated it. Everyone trashed it. Everyone said it was even worse than the first. So I was like, oh man, I'm, I gotta avoid that. But, uh, you know, watching it the night before the new one, I was kind of surprised that I really enjoyed it. It was pretty convoluted, but I was still kind of able to follow it. And um, I had fun with it. The whole movie is basically like following the lineage of uh, Ezra Miller's character. And um, 
Yeah, it was fun. And also, you know, uh, Grindelwald's crimes. And I mean, the opening scene of that second Fantastic Beast, it's just, it's just incredible. I mean, it's the whole the opening scene is uh, Grindelwald uh, escaping jail. It's mm-hmm. such a cool sequence. And it really opens up in a way that got me really uh, invested in the movie. And it kind of hold my, held my interest from beginning to end, which is much more than I can say about the new one. Uh, I don't understand how there's a lot of people saying that this third installment is the best one yet. I think this is the worst one yet. It feels like uh, literally each installment is is uh, continuously retconning what came before. They did it in the second one, but they at least shifted to focus the focus to something that interested me a bit more. But now that they had my interest, they they shifted the show focus to something else now and. The the focus now is like basically Grindel, Grindel uh, not yeah Grindelwald is like trying to uh, run for a supreme mugwomp and it's just this like really dumb storyline about uh, Grindelwald or stealing this uh, ancient Chinese creature that uh, is helps pre- or is used to predict the uh, elections or not used to predict the elections is used to uh, chosen the the supreme mugwomp during the elections or whatever. And he gets a hold of this creature, and he's trying to use it to rig the election. It, it's it's really stupid. It's so boring. This is like the this is the most boring Harry Potter movie. I, I can't even imagine. I'm saying that a Harry Potter movie was boring because like I, I, the last every everything that's seen in this franchise to me was entertaining, but this film is just it's 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 a complete mess. And and really the way that. Uh, Warner Brothers has handled the Harry Potter franchise to me is exactly the same way that uh, Disney and J.J. Uh, Abrams and uh, Ryan Johnson handled the Star Wars sequel trilogy. And I, I think it's just it's just a shame. It's just, it's just a shame because I think Harry Potter deserved better. I mean, this made Warner Brothers so much money and they just they just milked it and ruined it. And even the little bit of potential that was there throughout the franchise, they're just constantly always just uh losing faith in and doing something else and I, I i don't understand the purpose in this franchise anymore i have i i think i'm done with it for now i think if they're if, if warner brothers is going to make another harry potter movie or whatever just go back to hogwarts uh move on with this it's it's done with but you you mostly uh blame the script right it's not the acting it's not the directing it's just the script well it's all it's all it's, it's a lot it's a it's 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 kind of it's complicated because i i well i if, don't if the direction is not that great i mean i i think jk rowling wrote this thing yeah. i think she probably wrote a good a good um roadmap or whatever but the thing is it's, it's always changing okay All right. it's always changing it's always kind of the, the direction's always yeah like you said like the star wars yeah changing yeah so it's it's a mess yeah, they're trying to, they're trying to uh, uh, close a wound with uh, uh, ninety-nine cent band aids. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. <laughs> yeah. Uh, how much does band aids cost? <laughs> uh, more than ninety-nine cents. <laughs> yeah. So uh, completely avoid this movie, The Secret of Dumbledore. Uh, that's what you're saying. Yeah, unfortunately. And so, do they leave it leave it like closed? I mean, no, they. It looks oh, like they wrapped everything up. I okay, mean, yeah. So they left it. There's, uh, no, there's no reason to continue. Okay, so they they kind of maybe consciously knew that this was going to be the end. No, then they got two I mean, they, more to go. Well, the, initially that's the plan, but they could stop. What I mean, they don't have to fund another movie. They could just completely just do another series or another franchise. You mean uh, pay out Eddie Redmayne for two more films? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm sure they. I'm sure that happens all the time anyway. Yeah, <laughs> uh, with a bunch of different actors, you know. But yeah, yeah. I think uh, stop the bleeding, right? Because it's it, look. Well, they didn't expect it to go south uh, so quick. I mean, they probably expect this to go south by the fifth film. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, uh, the, just just by box office numbers, it's not yeah. it didn't do well this past weekend, and so they they could just say that's it. We we I mean, we're going in a different direction. We're going- I'm sure by the third film, they said uh, maybe we should rely more on the international market, but it uh, and they expected it to be the you know the domestic device to to, to hold on, uh, but they didn't. They dropped it like a rock. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Well, let's talk about the Batman because Batman came out on HBO Max this week and uh, me and Rich finally got a chance to see it. Raymond, you saw this in theaters. You you actually really enjoyed this movie. You say this is one of the better Batman movies of all time. I think think it's the best Batman movie. um, Slightly surpassing the animated uh, Mask of the Phantasm. Wow. Wow. Yeah. I uh, saw it, and um, I, I, I'm not as uh, enthusiastic as you. I think the movie is okay. I think the movie is fine. I have problems with it. Uh, maybe we'll talk about that. But um, so far, I, I, like, uh, if I have to give it a grade, I will give it a B minus. Uh, mm. I think that there's some really things I didn't enjoy. But I, I love the third act of the movie, and I think it was well. Uh, it had a really kind of rousing final act, and that that helped. But uh, I think there's a lot of stuff I didn't really enjoy. Just to name one thing, like uh, the chemistry between Robert Pattinson and Zoe Kravitz, I didn't really believe their kind of relationship. And um, although I think I think Zoe Kravitz is good in the movie, I just that just that chemistry between those those two, and I think they could be there, but. I just didn't buy their kind of relationship in the movie, but that's just one thing. But Rich, what, what's your thoughts on the Batman? Because I think you liked it a little bit better, a little bit I more, did than, like, more I, than me. I did like it a, a little more, but it's it's definitely not the best Batman. Um, I like Batman Begins better still, and uh, um, it's Robert Pattinson is not. Um, well, first off, the Batman is too weak. I think it's he's just too new, too too weak, or whatever. Too too young, or too too too. Uh, I don't. It, I don't mind him being inexperienced. You're saying yeah, inexperienced. I mean, it's just these are just common thugs, and they're you know most of them are just common thugs, and they're whipping his ass basically. I mean, I mean, it, it seems. But like, there's and, a lot of them. <laughs> you know, yeah, that's true. He gets in fights with like a whole whole groups of them. But yeah, I mean, I don't see him. I, yeah, it, it's it's just he, he's a little too um, inexperienced in that, and uh, and, and there's no uh, um, swinging. Mm-hmm. at all you, you're talking about just the fight of scenes there's no swinging the ropes oh okay oh, <laughs> oh, oh, oh. when i think of batman i mean <laughs> I, thought you you talk, got, I thought you were talking about punches <laughs> no i mean uh, he, he he only has a couple grappling uh shots uh, in right. the film but the batman always swings mm-hmm. he swings all the time i mean that's the one that got that, that's the stuff they got to bring back and, and um and his bruce wayne uh it's just it was just too uh, emo. It was just way too emo. It was just like too, too down. I mean, he's got to have more of a persona as Bruce Wayne. Uh, but the the city itself looked like shit. <laughs> I mean, well, it was as, raining as, every day. Okay, okay. I mean, I mean, it's very it's, dark. It's a yeah, dark, very movie. dark. Yeah. I mean, phys- uh, visually very dark. Yeah. Um, but you know, it's it's it is what it is. It, it it's it's fine. It's a good, and it is a David Fincher wannabe Batman. Mm-hmm. But I think that's what it was going for. I mean, yeah, I think yeah, some yeah. of my favorite Batman comics kind of well, had that vibe. Sure. But uh, the Riddler was always one step ahead of the Batman. And the Riddler. Every step of the way. Yeah. Is, is almost exactly what, you know, the Kevin Spacey character in Seven is. Yeah. You know? I mean, there's yeah. like, there, it's not like it's a, uh, you know, doing a David Fincher movie. It's almost lifting whole, whole sequences from Seven and, and Zodiac. And I think when you do that, you're forcing me to compare the Batman with those movies. And I just think the seven is just a much more superior movie. I think Zodiac is a much more superior movie. And uh, I think uh, Matt Reeves just doesn't really understand why those movies work. And he just thinks, you know, I just need to put that's these. Not kind fair. Of- I, that's not fair. I think he's, uh, I think he's very, I think he saw the similarities between a Batman comic and what he, I'm assuming what he loves in Batman comics and a similarity with the uh, D- the David Fincher, uh, you know, films, and I think he also, uh, I felt a lot of influence from a lot of uh, just detective films in general, and I think he just kind of, you know, just mixed it all and gave it that kind of Gotham flavor, and that's why I think the it's always constantly raining because it's supposed to look the way Gotham looks in the comic book. To me, this is like the closest representation to the video the game. experience. The, no, the experience of uh, like uh, of, of of readings like some of the better Batman graphic novels, and also like Richard mentioned it. Yeah, of, of the video game. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I think that's what they were going for, and I, I think that's a hundred percent what they did, and that's kind of what I've been wanting in a Batman movie for a long time. But you also got to remember, in Seven, it rained all the time in that movie too. Did it? 
Yeah. yeah. It's yeah, been a long time since I watched it. Oh, watch Seven, dude. I think you might have a different uh, opinion with the Batman because Seven's such no, a great, I mean, I, great it has, movie. It hasn't, been, it hasn't been that long since I watched it. I mean, it's been like four years maybe. But Well, I mean, maybe watch it again. I mean, because I, I really thought that 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 um, Bruce Wayne and his relationship with uh, Commissioner Gordon, or maybe Detective Gordon in this movie, was kind of mirrored with the relationship between Morgan Freeman and Brad Pitt, you know, in, in mm. seven. And, and he was a total I, asshole to Alfred the whole damn time. Oh, mm-hmm. that's a difference. That was a different issue too. I think Alfred got shortchanged in this movie. I, I yeah. thought he was going to be a, maybe a bigger role, but I mean, yeah, I, th- yeah, I think I brought that up in my review. That was a criticism I had with the movie that um, Alfred, I, there's a certain point in the movie where I thought he, just, I forgot he was even in it. Yeah, I really loved Andy Serkis' performance, but he was maybe in, in a couple scenes there. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, th- th- look, I will say this: I, I did enjoy it, even you know, for a, th- a three-hour movie, it moved pretty quickly. I did, never got bored, and I the the biggest I will say this: the biggest positive I could give this movie ha- has to do with Colin Farrell's performance yeah. as uh, the Penguin. Mm-hmm. I, I, as soon as he says something, I forgot, I forgot what was his first uh, lines in the movie, but as soon as hey, he- take it easy or something. Something like that, right? As soon as he says those, those words, I'm like, this guy gets it, I love it. And as soon as I saw more of him, I go, give this guy an Oscar. And I don't mm-hmm. say that lightly. I think this is an- Oscar-worthy performance and is a fantastic performance. And Colin Farrell is just getting better and better with age. He is a fantastic actor. And I didn't, I didn't, I wouldn't have said that five years ago or maybe even three years ago. He is one of the our greatest actors of all time. Maybe I'm, maybe I'm blowing that up, but I mean, I was very impressed by his, his performance in the movie. And I look Robert Patterson as as Batman as Bruce Wayne. I I liked him. He was fine. He was great, and Zoe Kravitz was good too. Their relationship together in this movie, I I didn't I didn't feel it. And, but uh, I don't I don't think it was total relationship yet. I mean, all, uh, sure they didn't they didn't even, did they even kiss at the end? I don't oh know. yeah 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 okay uh, yeah it, it's a it's a fine movie. It's 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 not it's it it had all the elements that it could have done better. Okay. Um. But yeah, it, it's still a B for me. Okay. It's, yeah, it's a good movie. It's a good movie. It's a solid movie. But it could have been A. <laughs> uh, just really quick, um, just to because we did recommend Minx, which is the new Nef, uh, HBO Max comedy. I think the last episode, the last mm-hmm. weekly discussion episode, we we, we recommended that uh, comedy because of Jake Jake Johnson. uh, Jake Johnson's performance. He's 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 funny in the in the show. Yeah, he's solid all throughout. Uh, we we finally finished the series and we saw the final four episodes. I, I you know unfortunately I didn't like those final four. I think they yeah ended, it didn't stick the landing for yeah, me. Yeah, yeah. I, I still I was still recommended because I think mm-hmm. it's a fun show. But the final four, yeah, the final four kind of they kind of went to a different direction that I didn't yeah. see coming. Well, let me jump in really quick. Yeah, because I I just watched the or not just but I recently watched the first three episodes and I I watched it on based off your guys' recommendation. And um, I actually don't like it. <laughs> I don't wait, think the, sh- the I don't think that I don't think the show's funny. Oh, okay. wait to see. Wait to see if they they pick it up for season two because they, uh, they haven't announced anything so far as I as far as so. Was, you, uh, after the third episode, you stop watching it. I just I know I wasn't laughing. Uh, I thought the show was just a bunch of like low hanging fruit, if you will. <laughs> it's just it was just kind of la- lazy humor. It was just kind of lazy humor, and I you have to, maybe. I feel a, a lot of it, a lot of this type of comedy, it, it it's kind of difficult for me sometimes because mm-hmm. I I grew up in, I grew up in the '90s a small kid like watching you know South Park and like watching a a, a lot of you know movies that I probably shouldn't have been watching at a young age and I don't know I feel like I've seen it all I've heard it all and I watched it and it just it felt lazy I don't know it's more mainstream comedy I mean it's more it's more like a, a sitcom with this kind of um, nudie magazine uh, backdrop uh, but let's say compare that to like say hacks which was everyone loves hacks I didn't yeah. watch it I thought you saw the you saw, I thought you said you saw the first couple episodes of hacks I saw the first episode and I didn't like it yeah that's what I'm saying I think after I maybe because I was oh. watching hacks and and watching like like say Ted lasso which I think it's I didn't like Ted lasso <laughs> yeah like 
after watching some of these kind of comedies, comedy series that are coming out, at least Minx, I thought, was a, a little bit cut, uh, cut above the, the rest. You know, mm-hmm. it was a little at, bit better at than first, the for sure. Yeah, but the last like the like the last four episodes, I, I was really disappointed, and and I didn't know why they did, went to that kind of direction. But um, yeah, and but I do hope that HBO the cast Max, is the best thing about the show. Yeah, I do hope that HBO Max does pick it up for another season because I would like to see in how um, how it goes. Are people watching it? That's what that's I don't what I'm think so. I don't no. think so. I don't, I don't, I don't know. People, maybe you know, maybe a lot more people are like you, Raymond. They probably don't like the the show, and they'd rather see Ted Lasso <laughs> because they no, feel. I think mm-hmm. I think it. I think the show actually has very mainstream appeal. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. I think it's a very much a mainstream comedy, but I think it's better than someone like Tax, which is I think also a mainstream comedy, or even Ted Lasso, which is and also kind of this mainstream comedy. But I I, I found those those two series lacking when it comes to some of the the greediness of, of some of that mm-hmm. stuff they they are relying relying too much in in the safeness and i don't think Mick, minx is is attempting to be a little edgy but not as edgy as you know as something like a, an adult swim type of show or something like that you know what i mean yeah and i don't think hbo max is uh, um is uh promoting it at all anymore because they just pumped it out they just they, they and, just threw it out yeah yeah and and they they uh, threw it out like two episodes a week. Yeah, by the end. So, yeah, I mean, uh, it, 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 I would be surprised if they picked it up for season two. It's funny because they they're kind of doing the same thing with Tokyo Vice. They're kind of just throwing those episodes out, and I, I think Tokyo Vice is a really good show. But Winning Time is a hit for them, I guess, because it's only one episode a week. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. But you, you, Raymond, you're not a fan of Winning Time. Yeah, but I only saw the first episode, and uh, it's. Well, the first episode was great. So if you didn't like that, you're not going to like. In my my opinion, some of the episodes kind of were weak, and then they got really when they okay when they stick to the basketball stuff. Yeah, it's awesome mm-hmm. when they go into like some of the personal lives of some of these players or even the coaches. Magics. I'm like, I'm like, yeah, it doesn't necessarily work. It's I don't need it. I don't yeah, need I, it. yeah, give just, me back to the game. Yeah, give me the basketball stuff. Just stick with the basketball stuff, and I think it's the best. And once they do stick with the basketball stuff, I think it's one of the best you know TV shows around. But then you know they have these kind of um, episodes where they kind of want to talk about the rumors or some of the the gossip around these these players and i don't know it doesn't really work for me but it's so but i think the most recent episodes were kind of sticking with the basketball stuff so i i really enjoyed that and so yeah. uh I, you know it's a, it's like a, i think it's a good show well yeah yeah cool. uh all right so that was you know that's it that's what we've been watching um all right, uh, I guess we ended there. Um, thank you for listening to Insight Flicks. Go to insightflix.com if you want to hear our past weekly discussion shows. We also recently put a <laughs> a flashback review or actually a, a second chance cinema review of Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2. Oh, is that finally up? That's up. That's available. And uh, yeah, so we'll be back with another weekly discussion. Hopefully, I want to you know pick some other movies to revisit. Uh, maybe we'll do that like soon. Like Sunshine? Maybe, maybe. Uh, all right. Thank you for listening to Inside Flicks and go to insightflix.com or, you know, you could go to our YouTube page, go to YouTube and search Inside Flicks. All right. One, one word. All right. Thank you for listening.